You're listening to TJ Talks. All right, we are ready to rock and roll. Okay, welcome to TJ Talks. I am your rudder, Judd, and with me is the motor of this show, Teresa. <laughs> Better than being the stern or the oar, I guess. So, I, yes, I'll take that. I'll take motor. Go. Right. The engine that makes this go. That's right. And I'm just steering us in the, the direction of our, our topics. Actually, a lot of these topics came from you, Teresa, today. So I know. I'm busy thinking about stuff today. Man, we are going to have a jam-packed show. Normally, we just do our little three topics and talk, like, for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Now we have 20 topics, and we're going to talk for four hours. Yeah. No, we are going to get a lot of jam-packed topics in today. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. In fact, I'm going to go over some of our topics, or all of them. We're going to be... Yeah. We're going to talk about Walmart. We're going to talk about... Walmart. (laughs) Roger Ebert and his his conundrum. Uh, We're going to talk about my mud run over the weekend. Yeah. And it is the two-day summer solstice. Got a couple movie reviews and uh, generic topic number one, grooming standards. So jam-packed. We hope that you stick around because we got a great show. So let's go right into it with topic number one, Walmart, too big to sue. Are we going to talk about them first? All right. Yes, we I are. My dander has been up for the last 24 hours. And and I, I don't know if you know much about this Um this lawsuit or this class action lawsuit that's been denied. Right. I, here, let me preface this whole thing by saying Walmart is easy to pick on. Okay. Because they are. And I know a lot of people love Walmart and are extremely devoted to them. Um, I happen to be a fond target shopper. So I, I'm on the target side of things, although target, I'm sure is probably no better in the grand scheme of things at, when it comes to corporate, I don't know, crassness, but these unfortunate allegations against Walmart by scores of women, just it just gets in my craw. And the fact that they cannot be sued about it is crazy. No, 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 no. Let's be straight about it. Well, they that. cannot be class action sued about it. And why is that? Because all these incidents happened at different places in different stores under different managers. There's too many locations. This is what I'm determined from what i've read about it right so that they can't be held corporately accountable for what happens by these individuals in these stores and i just i don't understand that right and and see the whole idea why the supreme court in my opinion sucks about it is the corporation owns every store they're not little franchise stores right they're a corporate entity and to say that Walmart didn't create a climate and a culture that allowed this to occur. I mean, if you go into other stores and you, you cited Target, but let's cite some other stores. Like you, have, you've been to uh, a Lowe's or a Home Depot. And uh, if you go like to the bathroom in a Lowe's, that you kind of walk through uh, part, part of the employee area, sort of. Like mm-hmm. you can see their break room and stuff on the walls and things. And you get the impression there that they try to create a corporate culture mm-hmm. at that place where they, you know, discrimination is not allowed and they, you know, and they want to build up all their employees and things like that. And as a customer, I, I walk through and I read the board, I see all that, you know, this employee got to add a boy and stuff like that. That actually is a big deal to me. I like mm-hmm. to see that. It's like, what's going on here behind the scenes? Yes. And yeah. it, it's like they, they it's almost like they purposely let you look up the skirt of the company. I like that. Yes. <laughs> you know, hey, take a <laughs> they put the mirror on the shoes the, for they you. They do. They put the mirror <laughs> on the shoes for you. So you get to get an idea of what's going on. And, right. you, and you're and it's like a woo. <laughs> yes, exactly. Whereas and in Home Depot, you do not get that impression. Correct. I no, I don't. I don't get that. Yeah. there. Uh, yeah. And you definitely do not get that in Walmart. No, no. So, um, but, and I do have some personal bias. We are avidly fighting the city of Ontario that is trying to put a Walmart in about a hundred yards from where I live and I don't want it there. Wow. So, um, and, and it's been an ongoing battle. Don't you guys have, there's, I know there's one on Benson and Foothill. There's plenty of them. They don't need another one here. I mean, how many do they need? Right. (laughs) Well, 
It's like Starbucks. I mean, we don't want to go down that road because I don't want anyone to take away my Starbucks. But <laughs> see, this is why I feel bad having this argument. Like, like I said, everybody's at the corporate level can be ugly and awful. I get it. All right. And, and I'm sort of trying to equate this to if there's a strike, if there's a strike in the National Basketball Association for the NBA, I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. What do I going to get my dander up about that? Mm-hmm. But if there's an NFL strike or a lockout like there's going to be this year, I'm a little bit pissed about that. I, I like football and I want to see football. All right. So this particular suit against Walmart, I guess, just sticks in my craw a little bit more because I feel like it's kind of important that everyone does get treated fairly. And and unfortunately, whether Walmart claims that they do or don't do that, it, it really appears like they often don't do it. So and this whole they're too big to sue makes me a little crazy. And that's really what the Supreme Court decreed that the Walmart employees were not entitled to be treated as one class. They couldn't have a class action suit uh-huh. because they worked in so many different places under a myriad of bosses. So the advantage of being such a huge corporation takes the responsibility off of them and, and training their employees or being re- accountable for what their employees do. I just, it doesn't make sense to me. And it's just another strike at labor in this country. And I, and that bothers me. Well, you know, I work for a, large company, a very large company. And I promise you that if it happens in my company, they are completely, uh, you know, they, they feel responsible. Right. I I, I don't know. Maybe the culture there is just so different in a professional environment rather than a retail environment. They say that they have a policy not to discriminate. Of course they're going to say that. Everyone's going to say that. But if you don't enact it or enforce it, there's no policy in place. Well, you know, they don't discriminate against probably the people who buy this food there. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> and then now the people that work there, uh, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I mean, we know that they fired all of their butchers because they were wanted to be part of the butchers union. You bet. And, yeah. and I just think that we oftentimes let this stuff just happen and, and – don't understand the complete ramifications of it. And, you know, it, it's it's distressing. And I, I just don't enjoy them. So they're the windmill that I choose to tilt against because I don't like them. And there are others that are equally as bad and probably places that I endorse and shop at. But this is just one that just sticks in my craw. Right. It, it's different than the midget deal at uh, Starbucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> that poor midget. Come on. I, I know. She, had, she had a right to a stool. Right. <laughs> but Starbucks did well on that, right? Didn't they admonish the person who uh, did it or whatever? I, I, I mean, I, I don't even remember. I think there what, was some ramification. In there. I, I'm sure. But and, and, you know, in a lot of cases, and I like to believe that, like, even in my company, if something bad happened to me or when I was in the Navy, if something bad happened, it was the fault of a bad supervisor, a bad right. manager, not because that's the top-down corporate people saying, okay, we're going to talk this way to everybody, but secretly behind the door, this is what you do. This is what you really do. Yes, and I hate that. That also comes in that whole culture of when you're working somewhere and the big boss is coming in, okay, they're going to come to the building or they're going to come to the office or whatever. We all have to put on this dog and pony show for the big boss. It works up as well as it does down as far as being inappropriate and cultural corporate level so so moving on that yeah. concludes the walmart conversation <laughs> we're going to move into the roger ebert uh tweet of the day so he- i always have a soft spot in my heart for people that have these twitter conundrums because lord knows i've had mine you know i don't i, I uh, now that i've heard the whole well more of the story i'm starting right. to think that roger ebert will be actually come out pretty clean on this I don't understand why he's why this is an issue to begin with. Everybody on the jackass uh, set or in that group of people, let's face it, they would not be considered the most couth, I guess, if that's what you want to use or uh-huh. whatever, that they would definitely be unpolished. So this tweet of his is not that harsh compared to what those people have done and said on their shows, in my opinion. Okay. Tell me um... – what, what did the tweet say that Mr. Ebert okay. wrote? 
So just hours after Jackass star Ryan Dunn's death, film critic Roger Ebert tweeted on Monday, quote, friends don't let jackasses drink and drive. That's all he said. And since posting that tweet, he's been eviscerated by friends of Dunn and his own fans. I mean, friends don't let jackasses drink and drive is actually a good tweet in this situation. Well, it's funny. Is he not a jackass? And he's a jackass. He's doing something illegal. He killed himself and somebody else. Thank God there wasn't anyone else even injured. I, I just I don't understand the indignity these people are showing at this. I, you know, I maybe it's is it one of those too soon to joke uh, type of things? It's like the, right. you know you you can't joke because it was you know five minutes ago, but you know. You, I mean, you look. And it's not even a joke. It's almost like a public service announcement saying, "Don't drink and drive," because you look up like this guy. But he's known for the only thing he's known for is jackass. He yes, made his money yes. being a jackass, being jackass, They're, and a daredevil in all that regard. So you know, that's what he, they called themselves. Yes, yes, and that stupid Bam Majera, the guy who's on the show with him, uh-huh. he. He wrote an scathing, you know, reply that I just lost my best friend and I've been crying hysterically for a full day. And this piece of shit, Roger Ebert, has the gall to put in his two cents. And it's like, Bam Majera has done all kinds of crazy things, a lot of which I think would be a lot less tactful as this. I just, I don't understand it. And Roger Ebert, um, you know, he's had enough problems of his own physically and with his conditions he i just think he's being beaten up here unjustly i i you know i think it's just a it, it's stupid i mean these are people who risk their lives for celebrity that's what they do yeah you know it's exactly what they did and, and, and they th- made a lot of money doing it you know and it wouldn't be a big deal actually i don't even think roger ebert would have written something bad if it hadn't been that he had this guy had done something so on beyond daredevil stupid because we right. because you have to believe that even though they do these stupid stunts that they're they're actually scripted to some degree these stunts that they do that there's a, a margin i would hope some margin of safety or right you know i mean this isn't just a guy with a camcorder out in his backyard jumping off his roof these guys do some pretty elaborate things right and so then to go and drink and drive. The one thing that everybody knows is a patently illegal. And he put the life of the public at risk as well as his himself and passengers, you know, all those things he does as jackass is done in some show in some safe space where if anyone's going to die, it's just going to be him. Right. But not, not the case here. So now I guess Ebert did clarify and, and said, you know, maybe I was a little too quick to do this. I, I don't think he should have done that. But the only person, and I don't know if you've heard, has Knoxville said anything about this whole ordeal or I, anything about it? I haven't heard at all. But you know what? If it had been another com- a comedian that done it, uh, what, do you think it had been as big of a deal? If a Dennis Leary or, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you, you look at some of these other people. I don't know. Gilbert Godfrey Gil- got fried for his. Affleck quote or tweet. Well, yeah. So. Was it? It's just too soon. Is, too soon. Is it just too too soon to tweet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. I I still feel bad for the Twitter people because I know we've all done something inappropriate on Twitter at least once in our life, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm I'm working on it though. I'm, I'm going to find something very inappropriate to tweet about sometime soon here. <laughs> Uh, what could we tweet about too soon now? Let's see what has happened in the last twenty four hours. That would be wow. Because this guy's death is you know it's too late now. Now it's it's not too soon anymore. We got to find something else. Something mm. really good. Well, All no, right. uh, well, <laughs> I have to think about that. Okay. Well, let's right, move. As soon as something tragic happens, I'm going to tweet badly about it. Okay. Uh, okay. There you go. <laughs> Did you know? This is an aside that I'm going to just make this statement that. What's his name? Ray Nagin, the guy who was the mayor of New Orleans. Did you see him on The Daily Show last night? No. He's now doing disaster preparedness consultations. And I just thought, if that's the most ironic bit of information, he's written a book about his experience with Katrina, et cetera. And now he does his public speaking and disaster consulting. And I thought, wow, people can make a buck doing anything, can't they? Man. 
That's yeah. That's it. And I don't think he's a horrible person. I just think, really, that's going to be your field? Okay. <laughs> hey, whatever. Better than uh, Mr. Brown making money off a of disaster prayer. Oh my gosh! <laughs> go, Brownie. <laughs> You're doing a mighty fine job. Fine job, Brownie. Yeah, whatever it was. Okay. He used to be in charge of horse racing or something like that. Yes, he was part of the Quarter Horse Association yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, that prepared him. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Okay. Well, hey, over the weekend on Saturday, I ran a race, not just any 5K race. This was a race through. Fire through water through mud. Right. The, the Champions Mud Bash in St. Cloud, Florida, just south of Orlando. And uh, I went out there, ran a 5K at the hottest point pretty much in the day, I think, from 10, oh, yeah. 1030 till. Uh, and I ran it in 41 minutes, even though I. Uh, Jeez, I thought it was pretty reasonable, uh, it, and I ended up having to stop for about five minutes to search for a missing yes. item, missing item that I lost on the race, and you lost it completely, completely. Oh. Oh. So I, I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's I, I, too painful. It's too. Soon. It's it's too soon. <laughs> too soon to tweet about it. We'll tweet about that later. Damn it. <laughs> so, I, well, congratulations on slogging through the mud. It I sounds did. like 41 minutes is amazing. That's yeah, great. Yeah, and I got this nice. Got a nice shiny metal. Uh, nice little shiny. Yeah, yes. yeah, I think that's worth five bucks right there. Right so, there, yeah. yeah. So, and a t-shirt probably. Yeah, a t-shirt. So, uh, yeah. Now, what was the fire obstacle? Did you have to climb over something or oh, jump it, through a it was, thing? Yeah, there were uh, lengths of logs. I posted okay. a picture of it on Facebook. So if you check my profile, you can see the fire, me jumping over fire. Oh! That one. I saw the, all the, like, going under ribbons and stuff or, you know, yeah. whatever. I'll look at it again. Yeah, you'll have to check. That's awesome. Good for you. Well, thanks. It was fun. I would definitely re- recommend it. Although I don't feel that it was muddy enough. Oh, and oh, here's some lessons learned about racing okay. through. If you do a mud race, do not wear loose-fitting shorts. At right. All. Okay. In fact, if I had done it when I, because I, I'm going to do another one, I will wear okay. compression shorts. I don't care. Okay. I don't care if it sh- shows the outline of my business or right. whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the the uh, a tight fitting shirt is good because you don't want it slogged down with the mud. As, right. As soon as that thing gets wet. It's just yeah. going to be like, well, just imagine jumping into with your regular clothes in the water. Yes. Because I promise you that's exactly the way it is. The tighter the tighter your clothes are, the less of an issue. And I understand why people are wearing the five-fingered shoes for the run. And if I would have done it right, I should have worn those too. And it oh, would, all right. Yeah, and, and I – so I'm kind of seeing that the deal is is less is more. Okay. So Look. nothing billowy. Very form fitting. Yes, uh, don't wear, like. Right. I, I mean, I wore like a a, a performance t shirt, but it was yeah. still. As soon as it got wet, it was heavier, and it was yep. kind of on me. And uh, you know, something very th- either thin and light and loose or tight. Okay. One of the two. All right. So all right. Uh, I didn't feel that there was. It wasn't like thorny and stuff like that, which is what I was more expecting. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, the ground was uneven in a lot of the race. And there was one point where I really, I hit the ground in a spot and I was like, uh, and I thought my knee was really going to take it on that one. But uh, mm. all in all, it went pretty good. I actually walked quite a bit of it. I would say I walked probably uh, half a mile of the race. Well, sure. You can only do something. You can't run through some of those parts of it, I'm sure. So you're just, you're yeah. t- it was so hot. Uh, and that was the first race that I've ran in a long time without music. So, oh, that's true. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't I, yeah, I didn't have, well, I didn't want to get it ruined is what I was worried right, about. Right. And then the other thing, so, and then because I didn't have my Nike plus, I didn't know that where I was in the race and they were, they did not mark that race where you were at a mile, two miles, three miles, none of that. Just, I, ma- hate that. I hated it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how soon till, where am I at? And so. Right. There's like, oh, the water station's about halfway through. Well, that wasn't really true. It was about oh. two miles in until you got to the water station. No, I need to know where I'm at. Yeah, that's the beauty of the Nike Plus in your ear when you've got that going for a race. Oh, it's, so. it, it makes it racing so much better when, with Nike Plus. Yeah. I would not run any more uh, street races without my Nike Plus. It's just, right. It's 
awesome. I was I was a little perplexed when I did my half marathon a couple weekends ago that I finished at 13.4 miles, according to my Nike Plus. Really? Well, then I read online about how they measure for these races. Uh-huh. And so they measure the most inside-leaning lane. So, oh. you know, most of these things are done on roads or whatever. Well, you don't always stay to the most inside and, yeah. you know, cut those corners super tight. So apparently in not cutting tight corners, I added another, you know, three-tenths of a mile to my journey. Yeah. So that if I had stayed to the right, I might have cut some time off. So I'm going to remember that actually in the future. I need well, all the less miles I can get. Well, I, that does make sense. That makes yeah. perfect sense. And that probably... They can't do it as the crow flies, so to speak. They've got to make it work somehow. So that's the way they make it work and still accommodate a large lane for runners. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah, I can see where, especially if you have a number of turns. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Well, I, I hate it when the course isn't marked because I like to know where I'm at. So, yeah. And then, now, are you wearing goggles? Mm-mm. My friend did. No. Okay. Because I have contacts, so I would be afraid to get mud in my eye. Oh, you could easily wear goggles. Yeah, I would have to, I think. And so. then just wipe them off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it wouldn't have been a big deal. So, yeah. Or you could have had them hanging or whatever, you know. Whatever, and just yeah. put them on when you're going to go through the next obstacle. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you did it. When is the next one? you got to pick one. I, yeah, well, I, I, let's see. There's a bunch. Believe it or not, all of a sudden, it's like all these mud runs are all over. Warrior, Challenge, blah, blah, blah. But they're not cheap. Yeah, I yeah. know. So that's the other thing. So, I, you know, it, it was fun. Maybe I don't know if I just wait until next year to do it again or what I'll Make do. it an annual thing. I like that idea. It, you know, because it, it was like $70. Yeah, for a five k, that's right. Like a lot of money. The only, and the, the puff and the t shirt and the and the medal. Uh, well, you know, you know, <laughs> here's eight bucks worth of stuff. Yeah, I know eight dollars <laughs> worth of stuff. I mean, the rest goes to boobs. So I mean, <laughs> oh, was it a breast cancer thing? It, it was. Yeah, it was the Save the Tata Foundation. Oh, excellent! Uh, well, that's fundraiser. even nicer. But, but you know, the other thing I think that they could have, you know, here I am, Mister Critic, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you organize one of these? Things? I know I should be. Yeah, I should be a volunteer. Um, the, one thing I thought they could have done better was have a few more tents set up for people mm-hmm. uh, and have make it more of a spectator sport. Okay. Because I felt that there was plenty of opportunity to really um, make this a great spectator event and uh-huh. ha- and have more of a party atmosphere. Yeah. And that I thought, I felt it was missing that out of it. Mm. Uh, I mean, it was a good run. The course was, I thought, was a good course. Needs more mud on the course, but... Mm-hmm. All in all, a good course, and uh, uh, but more more spectator spots and more things to do if they want to keep people there for a big party. So keep people coming out, right? Well, well maybe they need pink mud if it's a breast cancer thing. Well, yeah, hey now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they should let people run it in their skivvies. That's what I think they should have done. Well, yeah, well. I would have. I would have. Mud run, right? No, I no, because I got, uh, you know, I, I got skivvies that are like compression shorts. I mean, girls wear the same, you know. I'm sure. True. Yeah. I, I mean, it'd be like a bathing suit. Yeah, or it'd, be, it'd, it'd so, yeah. be exactly like a bathing yeah. suit. I mean, I'm not saying wear, you know, tidy whities or you know, granny <laughs> panties or whatever the heck. <laughs> no, the granny panties will hold too much mud. You need something tighter. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. We're all going well, in G-strings. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, talking about fire. fire. <laughs> Jumping on fire. It's a hot summer already here, and it's June, middle of June. And you know what? It's because it's the summer solstice. Solstice. Hey, yes. What the heck is summer solstice? Okay, see, I didn't know this until I read it today, that I, the summer solstice is actually a time of the day, not just the fact that it's the whole day. Today's the longest day of the year. Mm-hmm. The most sunlight will be out today, right? Right. The, well, yeah, so it's the, the sun is the closest to the earth. In and this... Are we supposed to sacrifice something, or what are we supposed to do, or is there something that we're supposed to Really? What, what do people used to do on this day? Virgins. Virgins, <laughs> that's right. Virgins. <laughs> but here's the deal. Uh-huh. Um Okay, it's the summer solstice. I'm going to read this, okay, from the discovery.com uh-huh. website. The okay. summer solstice for the northern hemisphere is the exact moment when the axial tilt of the Earth is at its most inclined towards the sun during its 365-day orbit. So um, it doesn't happen exactly at midday, and it doesn't happen at midnight, but it's the same for everybody around the world. And for today, it was 1716 universal time. So what is that? 
uh, 5, 516, right? Right, in the afternoon. But so that, it'll but be that's, this afternoon. But it's already happened. That's, that's, huh? No, for everybody. For everybody. Yeah, okay. because that's, it's Zulu time. Universal time oh, in Zulu. Oh, that's right. That's right, 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 right. Yes. UTC and Zulu and yeah. Greenwich Mean Time, they're actually all the same thing. They're all the same, right? Yep. Coordinated universal time, yes. Mm-hmm. And that's the standard that all global clocks set themselves to. So I just think it's kind of nice mm-hmm. that, you know, that it happens at a certain time. So, yeah, interesting. Absolutely. So uh, I think, though, that for science, it means one thing. But if you're pagan... It means something else. <laughs> and what does it mean to them? I, I, what I was trying to find out, and I didn't really know. Really? Well, you know what? I'm going to take a look and see if I can find out something find more. Because I, I, mean, I, I know there's some sort of significance to it, right? I, that well, we're supposed to worship the sun and all the source of our energy. I don't uh, know why. It's kind of nice to know. All right. Let's see here. Summer solstice. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put in here. Oh, well, there, there was one for ritual. Uh, I know. That's what I'm going to look at, too. Hold. Yeah. Okay. Fun fact. First day of summer. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. There, let's see here. Um, oh, that's it. Okay. I, the Washington Post has an article. They're saying the annual ritual is celebrated at the World Heritage Site of Stonehenge in Salisbury. Oh. So they have some chants and incantations and yeah, we should do some fire dance or dancing and, and light some bonfires, right? Um, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, here on Facebook, you can enter the temple of Ara, uh, the ritual in the spiritual realm. You know, I think the thing is, is that you don't necessarily know. I mean, there's numbers of different, I bet you that it's this, it's the same as other religions where pagans have different, so many different sects within the pagan culture. Right. That they, you know, what one church or whatever covenant or whatever does, it might be, right. di- it might differ from one to another. There's not necessarily consistency because, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm not even going pr- to try to tell anybody what they, what they do because I don't right. really know. I mean, I'd have, I have, Believe it or not, I, I do have some friends who are uh, of that particular persuasion. Sure, and, sure. Uh, you know, and if you have friends who, uh, you know, are that way, yeah. which is not a, a bad way. You know, everyone is free to, in this world to believe the way that they wish yeah. to believe and practice. And, uh, you know, and uh, we wish them a very happy summer solstice. Summer solstice, as well as yeah. ourselves, because we should celebrate. It is summer. It's nice. Yeah. And if it's a reason to drink, then... <laughs> Do we need a reason to drink? Hey, but if we but can, I'll take one if we can, got one. Yeah, sure. we can justify it with a drink. So, uh, yes. you know, for all of those of you celebrating the sol- summer solstice, I say lachaim. <laughs> Cheers. The world's longest drinking day. I love that. But, hey, you know, celebrate. that's what it is. It's the world's longest drinking day of the year. So I'll drink to that. We, we, you know what? I, 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 we have officially created something new here. A new thing, uh, yes. I, exactly. In fact, in fact, right now I am updating my Facebook page to say <laughs> my my status to say that <laughs> it's the world's longest drinking day. That's good. Uh, so, uh, hold on, <laughs> summer solstice. Uh, uh, oh, I, I even spelt it wrong. <laughs> I have to spell it right. It's one of those uh, words that doesn't necessarily roll off your tongue very easily. World's longest. Oh, and after we've been drinking, it's not really. <laughs> Celebrate. Okay, let's see. I, I bet I get at least one like. <laughs> out of my like out of my two hundred and sixty status. It's out of my two hundred and sixty-two friends. Uh, <laughs> maybe like one, it. one or two will like it. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. So, well, okay. Moving on. So we, uh, wow, we, we're doing really good, actually. We're th- we are good, yes. Okay. So we have a, just a couple more things to talk about, but I think they'll take a little bit of time. Let's. We're going to go right into movie reviews, summer yeah. movie reviews. So both of us, coincidentally, saw movies over the weekend, mm-hmm. and... Uh, so the movies that we saw, I saw The Green Lantern, which was number one at the box office for the weekend. <laughs> Ow! And you saw... And I saw Midnight in Paris, which was, I'm sure, nowhere near number one <laughs> or maybe even the top ten. But it was still a good movie. But I want to hear about Green Lantern. Okay. Because my 
boys all saw it and they really liked it. And I didn't go because I was doing something else that afternoon. So tell me about it. Was okay. it good? Okay. Green Lantern. First off, I loved it. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> now don't, don't, you know, temper your, your review. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, right. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was, it was a it was a fun movie, and I think that if you went into this movie without all these gr- expectations that it has to be, you know, this Oscar winning movie, right? Then you're 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 good. I, I went in there just looking for fun, looking for the story that I knew watching cartoons growing up, which is everyone kind of knows the story of the Green Lantern. I don't think I'm giving anything away, or right. if you don't know it. I'm giving it away. Yeah, that's what we're saying, yes. You're going to know. The Green Lantern, it's an origin-type movie, you know, how he began. You know, he's a test pilot, which everybody knows, an Air Force test pilot. And he he wasn't in the Air Force. He's a civilian. And he uh, chose, for whatever reason, not to go in the Air Force. And he's testing out a plane and crashes his plane. And things are going kind of a little bit crazy for him in his life. And in this movie, they make him a little bit more complex than in the cartoons that I watched. He was a little bit more cut and dry. So they've added okay. they added some complexity to his character, gave him a girlfriend and a, and a uh, a sidekick, and who's not a superhero. He's just a guy who works for the company. It's almost kind of like an Iron Man for D yes. for DC in a way, right? And right. except. He doesn't create his own, you know, he's not this super genius. What the the story evolves around the concepts of will, this green power that this this mystical ring and lantern give him is based upon the power of will in the universe. Okay. Okay. And there is this super evil that has been unleashed that is, and that's the yellow power the yellow mm-hmm. ring of power and it's based upon fear okay okay and so the uh, strongest green lantern there's like th- thousands of green lanterns that protect the solar system the the universe from all right from destruction and then you see and the that, home planet. was that new to you was that something that was new that there were multiple of these well it was it was not new to me it was new to me um, in the sense that I learned about it later than okay. than when I was a kid. I used to watch the Super Friends, and, I, right. and when we watched Super Friends, they didn't have that in there. Okay, yeah, that's the part I didn't remember them being there being more lanterns in the universe. But yes. but you know, it must have always been there, and they just never really played upon it. And, okay. and, and the reason I say that is because I've always remember in the Super Friends seeing the origin of the Green Lantern where there's this alien and he's on, you know, and his spaceship crashes on Earth and, he, and the ring goes out and finds Hal Jordan and, and says, you're going to be the next Green Lantern. That's all okay. that has always been part of the, you know, the deal behind the Green, right. Green Lantern. Right. So obviously, so there must have been a Green Lantern before the guy who gets it now. Gotcha. So, and then of course we always knew Sinestro was like this bad guy, mm-hmm. and he's the, he's a a, reg, a Green Lantern, a good guy in this movie. So you so you get to kind of see this origin. Say wait till the end of the credits because there's something really good going. There's on. more stuff, the, and obviously there'll be more. I hope so because I be a franchise for them. I, I hope it gets at least one more because if, for the critics who panned this particular one, the Green Lantern, the next movie, if they get to do it too can build upon what's already been done. And I'm sure it will be a just spectacular flick. There has to be another one, right? They can't not make another one. If they're doing a disservice to, to a good fan base. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because everybody who wanted to see it, I know several people who were super excited about it and they were all as happy as you were with it. So I, you know, there's people who said, well, it wasn't exactly like the cartoon, but you know what? Or I mean the comic book, but nothing is ever exactly like anything. Nothing's exactly like anything. Exactly. Thank you. You know, I mean, it, was it a good movie? Did you enjoy it? I, I don't necessarily know it needed to be in 3D, but it was fine. I mean, there was. Okay. I, I, I'm starting to kind of be 3D'd out. I'm over it. Yes. It's like, I don't really need to pay the extra money to see most movies in 3D. I, I think cars will be great in 3D. Right. Um, not everything needs to be in 3D. I agree. Yes. Yeah, but uh, but the Green Lantern, I just felt like I felt like I owned it because I 
grew up watching it and I just yeah, knew this and character. Been waiting for it so much. So and, it's nice when that comes out finally. And, and what's his name? Um, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds, baby. <laughs> he, I mean, yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he was, I don't know. He, I don't know anything about him. Yeah. Right. Well, he looked good. I, I let me tell He's you. Dreamy. Of course, he looked good. There, there were plenty of non. Um, CGI shots of him with his shirt off. So if you're a lady, okay. get your ass out there to see this movie. Why did I go see it then? I don't, Dang it. I don't know. But, uh, it, I mean, there was the, like these scenes where he put, you know, where the, the ring converts him into his uniform, into his Green Lantern costume. And it's like, it's cool. It's just, a, I don't know. It just, it worked for me. It may not work. Apparently he got himself down to 3% body fat. I mean. Oh, he really did. Because I'll tell you what, he looked, he looked like, like he had a, well, I mean, his six pack was real. It was pretty stout. Wow. Alanis Morissette, you screwed up. Was she with him? At one time. What? Yeah. One of the first, I think they were married at one time. Oh yeah. He divorced uh, Alanis Morissette and Scarlett Johansson. And Scarlett Johansson. How does she not stay with him? I don't know. What the? That just proves, yeah. Uh-huh. That that's just right there. What's wrong with marriage? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Those two can't make it. I I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you liked it. Okay. So. And maybe I'll have to see it. Movie number two. Movie number two. Okay, so I went and saw a little lesser known movie mm-hmm. um, by but a, by a very well known director, good old Woody Allen. Uh-huh. And whatever, what do you feel about him as a person in light of his personal life in the last 20 years or whenever this it, thing happened? You know, apparently it must not be that big of a deal. Apparently not. But how does he, how do you feel about it? Are you bugged by it or not? No. Because, I'm bugged by the fact I'm not bugged by it. Really? You know, <laughs> I, I guess here's the thing. It's not his kid. I mean, you know. <laughs> For people that don't know or aren't familiar with the story, you know, he's he's not married to, but he's had a long time relationship with his uh, his wife at the time, Mia Farrow's adopted daughter. Well, I so. I don't know how old the kid was when they first met and that sort of thing. That's the only thing I'm not really exactly sure about. 17, apparently. Yeah, she was 17, I believe. So At the, at the time that they first met? Yes. And when did you think that they first, like... When? See who knows. That's the creepy part, and the part that should bug me more. You know what? And though, I, if she was like, if she was eighteen when they actually stepped out, and that was it, yeah, it's kind of weird. But weird. but you know, but here's the thing: are, are they are, makes it right or not? I don't know. Are they still together? Yeah, they're still together. And, and how long has this been now? Over ten years, at least. Yeah. I, I think it, so, I think it's kind of like we're all over it now since it's it, I guess it, he's probably been with her longer than he's been with any of the other women with his. most of his other lady friends yes exactly you know and and I don't so, even know what the story is between the the daughter and Mia Farrow and how that whole thing plays out and why did he leave Mia Farrow for this girl there's a right. lot of questions that we don't have real answers to and but on the surface of it, it's really creepy, and I should be bothered by it more. Like, the Roman Polanski thing bothers me. I think he's yeah, a little bit cheap. Yeah, but that was, like, rape, and she was, like, way young, like 13. 13 and, yeah. That, you know, and he's evaded justice all these years. And, and Or yeah. if he was wrongly accused, he's never at least tried to prove – not that he has to prove himself innocent, but, you know, stood up to the charges and tried to – to make it right or whatever. I, I don't know. Well, Obviously something bad happened. Well, there. well, actually that, that does kind of go to prove a point. If Woody Allen's activities were illegal, he would sure. have, he'd been in jail. And right. Apparently they're just creepy and people think it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it is weird. But anyway, but beyond that, I do enjoy his movies generally <laughs> okay. because I love that kind of, I love that nervous kind of humor thing. I, for whatever reason, that just really suits me. So, um, and Owen Wilson is in this movie, who I, I think is super fun and cute. Mm-hmm. And he plays a nostalgic writer who visits Paris with his fiance um, and her family. And that somehow, magically, each night at midnight, he gets transported back to the Roaring Twenties in Paris. So um, he meets all kinds of legendary artists: Matisse, uh, Dolly. Uh, Picasso, Hemingway, and he's a writer himself, so he gets influenced by them, of course. So he gets to spend each night in the past in the sort of golden age of of Paris in the 20s. 
and learn about his career now. And I'm admitted Francophile. I love French crap. I think it's fun. I've spent time in Paris. I would live there today if I could. Really? So I love, I love it. I would I just just seeing pictures of it and the music and all of that just takes me there in my mind in one second. And I would sell it all here and I would move there in a heartbeat. So wow. and I don't know why. I love being an American, but I would like to be an American in Paris. I think there's a whole mystique to that. I love that I Wow. So so for that reason alone, the movie appealed to me because I love the setting. Cool. And then the girl, his fiance, um, you know, she's she's a great, cute little actress, Rachel McAdams. And, and he's a successful Hollywood screenwriter. And he turns out these bad movies that make a ton of money. But he wants to write a novel and he wants to be artistic. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Paris to get this inspiration and he ends up getting it from the past. And it's, it's, a, it's a great movie. I would definitely recommend it. It's a nice summer flick. Uh-huh. And if you don't see it in the summer, you could rent it and still enjoy it. Is it a chick because, flick? No, not at all. And, okay. and Owen Wilson is the driving character. So, yeah, no, I think it's as much a guy, a dick flick as much as a chick <laughs> flick. <laughs> not my term. I stole that from a radio person, but uh-huh. I do like it. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's good. I, I really liked it. So, uh-huh. And if you have any appreciation for, I don't know, that co- sort of whimsical Parisian art-filled thing, you'll oh, cool. definitely like it. Well, so, yeah. yeah. Thumbs up. All right. Well, we have two great movies that we saw and uh, recommended for different reasons. So I think that we gave a good enough explanation of what we think is good about these movies. And, of course, if you think we're full of shit, then don't go see them. (laughs) (laughs) Then stick with Roger Ebert. But he's full of shit, too, now, right? Right. He's a bad tweeter. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, that's the funny thing is that uh, Green Lantern got like 20 percent on the Rotten Tomato scale. What? Yeah, it was basically oh. critic panned. Okay. And we all went to go see it anyways. Uh, I was going to say, that's never a suggestion to me on what to see or not. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what your friends like. And I'd, I'll tell you what, I would go see it again. Okay. I will. I will definitely, excuse me, I will be buying it when it comes out on video. Because I, wow. I really did like okay. it that much. It, it's something about that. I just, I, I have Superman on video and I got Spider-Man. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Why not? I, I don't know. Maybe... I mean, I'm a casual super superhero enjoyer. I'm not a diehard own comic books thing. Except I right, ha- right, 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 except right. Except I think I do have a Superman comic book around here somewhere. <laughs> it's just Superman number one or whatever. I'm sure it's nothing valuable. It's yeah, oh here, hold on. Oh, see, yeah, Adventures of Superman. Yeah, yeah, it's number thirty-one. From thirty-one, oh. it was given to me at a Toastmasters meeting because in here in Florida, superheroes was the last six months theme for our big oh, convention okay. superheroes. Oh, all right. So yes. I, I won that. No, oh, no, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Speaking uh, of like uh, random topics, don't we have one? We do. Are, are you, okay. are you good on time? Yeah, let's, let's do four more minutes. Okay. Well, we're, we're probably, we're, yeah, we're probably gonna make this last longer in the future, but we're going to go ahead with this. Our last topic is going to be grooming standards. And I was thinking about this the other day because I stopped shaving on Wednesday was last morning I shaved. And then I went, I think Thursday, Friday, well, not now I'm shaved, but this was last week before my run. And I was like, well, I wanted to not only be dirty, but I wanted to be like manly looking scruffy, scruffy. I wanted to have this look and I'm, started looking at okay. myself in the mirror and stuff and maybe i'm getting a little bit too uh um what do they call it the, the who's that greek uh bad person that looked in their mirror and couldn't leave oh yeah isn't it like narcissist or yes something? narcissist yeah, yeah. yeah not narcissist narcissistic yeah exactly. yes thank you um <laughs> so, uh, but I'm like looking at the, how your face changes because, you know, for women, you get to put makeup on and you get to change your look like, right. like that. Mm-hmm. And you can do it and you can do different stuff all the time. What do guys right. get to do? Guys, we don't get to put makeup on. And you should be glad for that, but go ahead. Okay. So, but what, <laughs> what we get to do is we get to not shave. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and that changes how you feel about yourself when you don't shave, you know, wh- that's something I, I started thinking about was, and, and I get told, you know, we're not going out unless I shave. <laughs> so, 
And I'm like, and I'm like thinking, what? (laughs) So would you want a full beard? No, I don't think I could handle it. Okay. You know, it was like four days worth of growth and it was pretty, pretty grown, you know, out to to a good scruffy look. And I I was pretty happy with it. I was like, yes. So definitely more than five o'clock shadow and a couple days away from being Beardish. Beardish. Yes, it was very, I was really surprised that it didn't take that long to get that. But uh, I kind of have my, my dad also had that same thing. So I inherited that quick beard growth from him. Yes. Okay. Yes. I have it too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I think, okay. I I think women are probably 50, 50 on the facial hair issue. uh I have some women friends that love it. Some that don't. I'm, I'm, of the ilk where have what you want to have because it's your face. If it were me, I don't think I would want to have a beard because I think I wouldn't like that feeling. But if that's what you like, then fine. JP's got a little soul patch thing going on, um, which is It looks good on him. And now I hardly even notice it. So like he's shaved it off before. And then I feel bad because I don't notice for a week. So uh-huh. Whereas well, I'm sure if you had a whole beard, I would notice that. Well, but he, yeah, he but if it. you snuggle with a guy who has a beard, right, and that's scratchy, you're going to not want that face up against your face. I don't know, scratchy. But they're not generally that scratchy. I think guys that have scratchy beards probably won't have a beard because it probably scratches them. Mm. I don't know. No, you know what I do, and I, I don't know if other guys. I'm sure other because I see other guys too. They, yeah. you, you know, you rub your face. A lot, right? You know, you're constantly touching yourself. You're like, yes, mm, you know, and you're like, what? Right? Why? I don't know. Because it's um, well, maybe because it's new, right? You know, and you're used to being clean shaven. Yes. So yeah, it's via something unfamiliar. So you'd want to just keep, yeah. So I don't know. I I think if you if you want it, you should do it. But I sh- I don't know that that anyone should be able to tell you what you should have. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a professional work environment, it's hard to say I'm going to have a beard. I mean, there are guys who have them, but I don't, uh, I don't see people walking around with, you know, five days worth of growth all the time looking like, like Bruce Willis in moonlighting. Right. <laughs> then, that, then it tends to look a little, you know, scraggly. So you need to keep that stuff cleaned up or grow it out while you're on vacation. That, that's so it. people yes. don't see the transition period. That's a little rough around the edges. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so I normally though, if I like to give it a break, you give your face. And now here, that that brings up, up the question for for the ladies, because oh you shave too. <laughs> do do you get a break? Do you or, or do you feel compelled that you have to? You okay, know? here's my theory about it. For me personally, I'm sure it applies to nobody else. Uh-huh. But I have the Rudy Giuliani broken window theory about shaving my legs. Okay, so. Rudy Giuliani's broken window theory was that if you let a window in a neighborhood stay broken uh-huh. for more than like 24 hours, then the neighborhood starts going downhill. You'll see the graffiti, the blah, 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 <laughs> the whatever. Uh-huh. So if I don't shave my legs every day, that's my broken window. And then stuff starts going downhill and I won't eat right and I won't do whatever and I won't put on my makeup or do my hair. And I know that's silly, but it is a little act of putting yourself together that helps me stay together. So now I don't know if other women have that craziness. In fact, I'm certain most women don't. (laughs) I'm the only one, but that's how I equate it. I actually have to consciously choose to do that most days. I'd say 99.9% of days, just because I know if I don't, then things start going south. Really? So (laughs) every day that razor is out every day. Wow. Because Pretty much. I mean, if I don't shower, like this weekend, we're going to go camping for right. the weekend. And I don't know what the shower situation is going to be there. So if I don't shower, then obviously I don't shave. But right. um, yeah, for the most part, I would shave every day. Wow. So maybe that's why I want to live in France so much, because you don't have to shave over there, right? Uh, that, there you go. <laughs> See, there'd be a good reason to live in France. There, there's lots of places you don't, you don't have to shave under your arms either, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> when I was in Europe, I remember seeing lots of women who didn't shave under their arms. That was the unique uh, experience. It's a different thing. Yes, exactly. But, but and think... I know it's such a turnoff to people here. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess. I, I guess it is. It is. I mean, aesthetically, that's not what we're used to seeing. And now, weirdly, with all the shaving that's going on everywhere, 
there's a whole different dynamic of what people expect to see versus what most people really are. Manscaping. So I think, yeah, <laughs> yes, and ladies, you know, land strips or airstrips or whatever it is. That right. All doing. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's something to that. Now, that doesn't necessarily apply to my broken window theory. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to go there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave that at that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. So, well, yeah, show today, Jed. It's been a great show. <laughs> it's the longest show of the, of the year on the longest day of the year, or the longest drinking day of the year. Yeah, it is it definitely. It, it is definitely a a day to do some drinking. Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Let's see. If, I think there's some tweeting in our future. Right, hold on. Oh, you know what? I, I've had a couple of uh, people that have already said that already they like. Uh, I've had four, four likes on that one. Okay, good. Uh Now you're posting at, well, for you, it's four o'clock, but for me, it's only one o'clock here. And, and so I think time of day posts also, you know, can have a reason as to why you do or don't get liked on stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because people don't see it until they're home at night or they're up in the morning or whatever. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, definitely, it, that's. I think it's just kind of funny because I'm curious to know how people respond to things that we do on live, and then we can come back and say, "Hey, so, yeah, exactly." It was on podcast. It, it was. It definitely, and we'll be promoting the podcast here on on Facebook and Twitter and various other venues. That's too soon. Huh? <laughs> I said it's too soon to do it on Twitter. Oh, I'm just joking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, too soon. Too soon for Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay. Well, great podcast. And uh, hope you guys all have a great week. We uh, Let me just recap what we talked about. I like to do that. Yeah. We talked about Walmart, Too Big to Sue. We uh, talked about Roger Ebert, Too, too Soon to Tweet. My red my my mud run, summer solstice, two great movie reviews, and talked a little bit about grooming standards. So, yeah, fa- definitely fantastic podcast today. And uh, for TJ Talks, I'm Judd, and I'm Teresa, and we'll be chatting with you later. Talk to you later. or airstrips or whatever it is. That right. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's something to that. Now, that doesn't necessarily apply to my broken window theory. But- <laughs>